with you. He's helping you. His right hand has got your right hand. There's nothing to worry about. Let me increase in you and in your life. Get rid of fear so you can do what I did. You can be like me in this world. You are to live for the praise of my glory. You are to bring hope to a world that is hopeless. We talked about it in prayer back there. Hopeless world. A world that is sick and oppressed and hurting. So decrease and let me increase in your lives. Let me use you to help others. So listen to the message tonight. And do not be, just be a listener, but be a doer of it. Okay? Okay, he said this. He said, um, in the last days, we're going to have to uh, have absolute faith. Turn me to Hebrews 10, 22. Let us come forward, and this is uh, Amplified Classic for all of them. Let us come forward and draw near the tr- with true, honest, and sincere hearts, and unqualified. I wonder what unqualified, what does that mean? It means not altered, not modified, restricted by reservation, absolute, outright. That's what it means. I thought it was kind of, you know, it threw me off, you know, that's what it means. It means um, free from imperfection, having no restriction, exception, or qualification, unquestionable, complete, definite, a downright, outright, very total, no ifs and buts, un- unconditional, unlimited, sheer, full, undulterated, utter, and quali- unqualified. I said not modified or restricted by restriction, complete, complete uh, assurance that God's, God cannot lie. See, if, you, if, you, if you're not sure about his honesty, well, then you're not going to fulfill your destiny. Uh, you're you're going to be divided. Uh, turn me to 2 Timothy 1.5. Uh, yeah, 2 Timothy 1.5. I mean, 1, okay. I'm calling up memories of your sincere, unqualified faith. The leaning of your entire person that got absolute trust, confidence in his power, wisdom, and goodness. A faith that first lived permanently in, in, in the heart of your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And now, I fully persuaded to what dwells within you also, Timothy said. So, um, we have to have this, this, uh, this faith in God that's absolute and you have to know in your heart, because see, for you to fulfill what God's called you to do, you're going to have to have faith. Last day. We're living in a time where people are, are being tested, and there's chaos out there. You know, and people are in fear, hopelessness, suicides this time of year. But we don't have hopelessness, but we can bring hope to people that have hopelessness. But see, you've got to trust God with absolute trust and confidence yourself. Uh, it says in Numbers uh, 23, 9, you don't turn there, but God is not a man, he should lie. Or a son of man, that he should change his mind. Has he said, and will he not do it? Or has he spoken, will not 
fulfill it. And then um, Hebrews 6.18, don't turn there either, but it says, just write it down. So there are two unchangeable things in which it's powerful of God to lie. We have fled for refuge, safe place in him. Might have strong encouragement to hold fast to hope. Expectancy, not get lucky, expectancy. Remember, the, luck we have, the hope we have is not luck. It's expectancy. The world goes by luck. Hope I get lucky and win the lottery. <laughs> yeah. Um, hope set before us. So we have, we have this hope expectancy set before us. You have to choose what you want. Do you trust God or not? Are you going to pay attention to what's going on out there? Or are you trust what God says in his word? So he's trying to, you, you got you to make that decision. Because God has a plan for all of our lives. So turn with me to, um, to Psalm uh, 139, 13 to 18, and then 23 to 24. I'm going to start with the first verse because uh, it just all goes together really well. Oh, Lord, you've searched my, me thoroughly and have known me. He knows all about you. He planted you on earth in the first place. You're here because he planted you for a reason. Everybody's ever been born has been planned for a purpose, a good purpose. But not every minute will follow it. You know, by you might downsetting. My uprising, when I'm up, when I'm down. When I'm in faith, when I'm not. When I'm struggling, he knows it. You understand my thought afar off. You can't hide your thoughts from him. He knows what you're thinking. You shift and search my my path, my lying down, and you're acquainted with all my ways. There was not a word in my tongue, still another, but you you behold, Lord, you know it all together. He knows what you're going to say before you say it. You might as well say it. Be honest with him. Right? Don't hide something from him. You can't hide something from him. He knows it all. You, you have beset me in. Fenced me in. Shut me in behind and before. He's got you covered like a fortress. It doesn't matter what's going on. We're covered by, like, like we're beset in. We're fenced in. Front and back. All around us. And you have laid your hand upon me. You, your infinite knowledge. You can't even calculate it, his knowledge. It is too wonderful, too awesome for me. So it's big. You can know some of it, but you're not going to know all of it before Jesus comes. But you have a lot of it. You can have more of it. It is high above me. I cannot reach it all. Where could I go from your spirit? Where could I flee from your presence? Well, if I stand up in heaven, you are there. <laughs> if I make my bed in soul, the place of the dead, behold, you're there. You're, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there shall your hand lead me, and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, and the night shall be the only light about me, even the darkness darkness hides nothing from from you. But the night shines on the day, and the darkness and the light are both alike to you. You you may be in dark nighttime, you know, or, or darkness of your life somewhere. It doesn't hide it. 
You can't hide it from him. He knows where you're at. He knows what you're going through. You might as well just pour it out and give it to him. Release yourself from it and let him help you instead of carrying it. You did for my inward, inward parts. You did knit me together in my mother's womb. I will confess and praise for you are fearfully, for you are fearfully wonderfully uh, wonderful for this awful wonder of my birth. Awesome, that means awesome, not awful. You're not awful. Wonderful are you works that my inner self knows right well. My frame was hidden from you when I was being formed in secret and intricately and curiosity wrought as if the border with various colors, depths of the earth, and a region of dark mystery. This is what this word God lived with me. That when he was formed Adam, he saw every person be, that had ever been born. He saw every one of you in Adam when he created him in the dirt. And he created all different colors of people. Right? He didn't just the white race, the black race, or different races. He created all, all of us. He saw the colors. So he saw you, he saw you in Adam. Right? So that's how he saw you. Then he says, Your eyes saw my unformed substance, and in your book all the days my life were written, before ever they took shape, when, it, when there's even there, there was none of them. He wrote a book about every one of us that before you were born. Every human being that ever born, he wrote a book and he placed it inside them. Yeah. Every, every human being had a plan. God had a plan for their life. But most people never fulfill it. No, most people don't. But that plan has been placed inside every one of you right now. But seeing that plan is nothing about sickness or disease. He didn't, he didn't write a book and, and write a book. And in that book, is about you being, died from some things he died early. All the blessings of Abraham, divine healing out there in that book. All the blessings, your calling is in that book. Your destiny is in that book. And it's called you to do is inside that book. It's placed inside you. Tonight, you're here because God predestined you to be here. And you follow the plan. When pastor asked me to minister tonight, that was pre-planned before there's even one day to minister tonight. I'm following a plan that was perfect before there's even one day. I'm just following the plan today, tonight. And so... Um, those on, uh, watching on Facebook, you've been planned by God to listen to what's being spoken today, but you've got you to take it. You've got to listen to it. You've got to pay attention to it. So it says here, um, how precious and weighty also are your thoughts of me, to me. Oh God, how vast is the sum of them. If I could count them, they would be more, more in numbers than the sands, uh, sands, sand. When I woke, could I count to the end? I'd still be with you. Just think how much sand is in there. I know I have, I have the uh, Passion Bible here too uh, on that, those scriptures. Okay, I'm, I'm happy if I get in the right chapter. <laughs> and so I'll just start with uh, with uh, 16 verse. You saw my, you saw who create, you saw, you saw who you created me to be, before you've been created. Before I ever seen the light of day, the number of my days was planned for me. Every divine healing house was planned. You're to be here right now is pre-planned. Yes, to be on this pastor, it, it was pre-planned to be here. Amen. 
We were already, it was already recorded in your book, already recorded. Every single moment you were thinking of me, how precious and wonderful to consider that you cherish me constantly in every thought. Constantly think about you in every thought. Oh God, your desires for me are more than the grains of the sand of every seashore. Just think, his thoughts of you, he's such a big God, his thoughts are bigger than all the sand in the seashore everywhere. Just go out to Fremont Lakes, all that sand out there, it's more than that. I was in Pensacola and saw that pure white silica sand out there, sand everywhere. You've been there. And, and I go, Matt, your thoughts are more than that. Your plans are big, bigger than this. So God, God has, sees us, and he, he's well aware of you. Uh, turn with me now to Jeremiah 29, 11. Now, there's a bunch of different versions here, so I might uh, read a few of them. Different, it's kind of neat, though, if you go on Bible Gateway and you type in um, uh, Jeremiah 20, 11, and uh, at the very end it says all English versions, you can get a whole bunch of them. All about, now all of them say something different. Uh, not all of them, but some of them, but there's a bunch of them that say different things, and so you get a different idea. Okay, so um, Jeremiah 20, 11, Amplified Classic says this, For I know the thoughts and plans I have for you, says the Lord. Thoughts and plans are welfare, well-being, to take care of you financially in every area of your life, healing, deliverance, and peace, not for evil, not, but give you hope, expected outcome. In your final outcome. Yeah. You have this hope expected of a final outcome. So it says here, uh, New Living Translation says this. Get this down on the floor. It says this. For I know the thought, plans I have for you, says the Lord. Thoughts and plans, not, dis- not for disaster. Yeah. To give you a future and a hope expecting outcome. Yeah. That's good, isn't it? Okay, Wycliffe Bible says this. Wycliffe Bible says that, for I know the thoughts which I think of you, on you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace, not for torment. Fear brings with torment, so if you don't understand the love of God, you're going to have torment. You're going to have fear of judgment. So you're never going to be uh, secure who you are in Christ. You're going to be fear that not be good enough. Um, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not for torment. So, so that shall I give you a good, good ending. This is good stuff. This is easy reversion. I say because I know the, pl- the plans that I have for you. The, the message is from God, the Lord. I have good plans for you. I don't plan to hurt you. I plan to give you hope, a, a good, good future. Man. New, new life version. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans of welfare, not for trouble. To give you a future and a hope. Good one. Authorized King James Version. <laughs> for I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not for evil. To give you an expected end. You should have a good expected end. We don't have to fear, we don't have to fear what's going on in the world right now. No, if you're in fear, you're in trouble. New English version. 
I know what I plan to, for you, says the Lord. I have plans to prosper you, not harm you. I have plans to give you a future filled with hope. Not hopelessness, but hope. God's word translation. I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Uh, the, they are plans for peace and not for disaster. Plans to give you a future filled with hope. All of them say it differently. Expanded Bible uh, says the same thing about, I, I, I say this because I know what the plans I'm planning for you, says the Lord. I have good plans for you. Plans for your peace and security. Plan, not, not the plans to hurt you but for, or for, for your harm. I'll give you hope and a good future. Heaven's our home, but we're, but we're, on here, we're, we're down here on a purpose. We were, living, we were put here on earth to fill a destiny. But then, we, but then everybody has to die before they can live. The sea has to die before it can live. Has to die, crack open, then live. Well, your plan was the sea, and you had to die, crack open, so you could live. So it could live through you. So every one of you are here because that seed was planted, and it's bearing fruit. I know Lisa, Lisa Bevere had something on Facebook yesterday. That was wonderful about that. Everybody's a seed planted. And Satan tried to cause that seed not to germinate, not to not bear fruit, but you're here and you're bearing fruit right now. Just don't give up. Don't watch what you listen on the news. This is the message. This, this, God, this is God's word on the subject. Soon as Babylon's 70 years of the, you know how they put everything together, are up and not, not a day before, I'll show up and take care of you as I promised to bring you back home. I know what I'm doing. I have it all planned out. Plans to take care of you, not abandon you. Plans to give you the future you hope for. Man. Voice Bible. I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, eternal. Plans of peace and not for evil, to give you the future hope for. Never forget that. Never forget that, he said. Never forget that you've got a good future. When he talked about welfare, he said the state of doing well, especially in respect, respect to good fortune, happiness, well-being, and prosperity. Aid in the form of money or necessities for their, the, those in need. Help give to people who are needed. So we're supposed to be able to give people too. Needed. Mental, physical, spiritual, financial, whatever help we can give other people, we can do that. Um, the whole thing, welfare—the state of doing, and especially being, in, uh, being especially well, doing well, especially in respect to good fortune. I don't like the fortune, but happiness, well-being, and for prosperity. We know in Jeremiah, well-being, and said, welfare, well-being is your is your welfare taking care of you. Yeah. Aid in the form of money or necessity for those in need. We talked to you, uh, before about uh, where it says in uh, Psalm fifty-five twenty-two. Uh, Cast your burden on the Lord because He's already taken them. Yeah. Release the weight of it, and He'll sustain you. Yeah. He never lets you step forward or fail. Sustain means this. We've, I've said this many times. We've been talking about this a lot in men's group. Uh, it says, uh, sustain you means to support, hold, bear you up from below up when you're down. He'll, he'll bring you up. To bear the weight of it for you. So you give the weight of what you, the burden, and He takes it, yeah. and you're free of it. But you, that, you have to release it to him. He's already taken something. You're carrying something. If you're carrying a burden, you're carrying something, he already taken away. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of foolish, but 
You know, people don't realize I'm carrying something in my body, sickness in my body. I don't have to. I'm carrying because I'm not resisting it. I didn't cast it, get burned on the Lord, didn't release it to him. He said to bear the weight of it for you. Then he says to bear, bear the burden, the charge the devil had against you. He had a, had a charge against you before, but Jesus took that charge 2,000 years ago. So we're carrying something he already took. Endure without giving away or yielding. To keep a person's the mind, spirits from giving away as under trial or affliction. The Bible says man afflicts the righteous, but he did about every one of them. And that affliction come on you a second time. It can't come on you a second time unless you let it. So what happens is you get, you get healed in your body, delivered, and then a sudden a symptom comes. You know, I, I remember uh, Hagen said that he, there was a lady came in line. This happened to him a lot, but there was a lady come in line and she, and she got healed. And uh, the next day, service, she, she came back up there for her healing again. He said, what happened? She said, it came back on me. Come on. A lion's symptom. Yeah. A lion's symptom, she took ownership of it. And it became, became a sickness again. Um, to keep up or keep going as an action or process. Even if Lisa Beer said, you've got to forget those things like behind. Keep going forward. The greater glory is in front of you, not behind you. Don't get stuck in the mud like Pharaoh by, by rehearsing the past. I should have, could have, would have, but I didn't. Why did this happen? You know, don't blame yourself for it. Just give it to God, release it, and get, get going. Because there's a greater glory in front of us. There's a utopia. Greater glory in front of us. We keep moving forward. Heavenly bliss on earth is in front of us. But if you sit there and, and, and think about the past, let the devil bring it up, then you start you know, getting depressed because you messed up and you did this wrong and that wrong. My kids they don't like me anymore. They don't love me anymore. They want nothing to do with me. Well, that's, that's not my problem. I've given it to the Lord. But it's a process. We're moving through. To supply with food and drink, or, or are there necessity of life? It doesn't matter what's going on out there. He's going to supply your needs. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I know people saying you need, to, you need to store up food. You know, got all this, these buckets of food. Even Chuck Pierce I said something about uh, store it for famine. Well, I'm not going to store up for famine. You know, hey, if you want that word, buy a whole bunch of beans. You can live on beans for, for all. <laughs> you live on beans. Just don't be around me. <laughs> okay. Uh, to fight, to provide, but by uh, furnishing the means or funds, whatever you need. Produce something that produces good or helpful results, effects. Promote well-being, useful aid, help, financial help when needed. Active kindness. So you be kind to other people, help other people, not just be so uh, on yourself. Okay, so he wants to take care of your welfare. And... Uh, we know that when, he's, when, you, when you give, uh, Philippians 4.19, when you give, it's given back to you, good measure. Yeah. So you can press, uh, press down, shade the more, more you give, the more you, you can get back out. I mean, the more you get. So he's going to supply your needs. The more you sow, the more you're going to get. You have a heavy bank account, so you can make withdrawals from a heavy bank account. That's Philippians 4.17. So if you've been sowing and offerings and stuff, well, then you've got a bank account in heaven. And I know, remember, uh, Oral Roberts, he had that pancreas, oh no, uh, yeah. and uh, he, uh, at night, uh, as old as he was, not good for him to have an operation. So one day he thought, well, wait a minute, this, this is a God, you know, and I have a heavy bank account. 
So he said, Lord, I want to make a withdrawal from my bank out for new, new uh, pen, pen, uh, penicillin, pen, uh, pen, uh, what do you call it, penicillin. And, and that he was healed. He was healed immediately. Pennies was healed. So he, his pennies were healed. So he, had, he didn't have to have the operation. So now, yeah. So I've got to find my paper with all my notes on it. Okay, turn with me now to Ephesians 2.10. Oh, I'm doing pretty good here. Yes. We are God's own handiwork, workmanship. We recreated Christ. He's born anew. May do those good works which God predestined for us. Planned for beforehand. Taking passion with prayer time. Walking into the good life which ready for us to live. It's a good path and plan. That was prearranged and ready for us to live. It's a good path and plan. It's prearranged. It's already been settled in heaven. It's already been established. You got it. Okay. But uh, Pastor Ken talks a lot about uh, John chapter 10. I don't have that on my notes, but he just said John chapter 10. And we know the devil's a thief because he didn't come in the right way. He didn't have a birth certificate. Jesus was born in Bethlehem. You know, years ago, so he's got a birth certificate, so he has the right to be here. The devil came in a different way. He climbed over some other way. A thief comes in order to steal, kill, and destroy. I came at you and enjoy life. Enjoy life. Have it in abundance to the full till it overflows with blessings. That's his plan for your life. Amen? Okay, so, um, so we know that God has a plan for life and, 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 gave it, and wrote a book about us, so we're going to follow that plan. So turn with me to Jeremiah 1.5. This is one I have to say every day. I try to. Amen. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew and approved of you as my chosen instrument. Before you were born, I separated you and set you apart. Consecrated and appointed you as a, as a prophet to a nation or your prophet too. You're not, you, know, I, you don't have that office of prophet, but you, are, you perfectly speak. Right. 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 Or a teacher, minister of his word. Yeah. That's what you're called to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then go over to the ninth verse. Now, this is what I do when I, whenever I minister. I put this, I say this one of the scriptures. But the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth. Behold, it said to me, behold, I put my words in your mouth. I remember um, uh, years ago when I was, uh, we were still in the other building, and I was teaching in my house. And yet, and before we moved into the church, a men's group. And um, I was in bed, and I had a dream. And I seen a sword go across my throat. And for two years after I felt that same touch, he said he's put more words in my mouth. He's going to increase my words. So after that, I was using, uh, when I first started the men's group, I was using uh, Kenneth Copeland's dailies. 
Here's two of them. They always seem to coincide with each other. Then we expounded on them. But this time, when he said that, he went from doing that to giving old messages. And so everything's changed. I felt for two years that, that touch of my throat. It, yeah, it was there for two years, at least two years. Okay, so now um, turn me to John 13, 18a. Sometimes it gets to talking too fast, so I've got to slow down. Always concerned about the time. <laughs> so, if you tell people to pack your lunch, well, they get a little upset with you. What was that? Tell people to pack your lunch. <laughs> Brown Baggett. He said this. He would say this to all you people, but he said it to everybody he's called and chosen. I'm speaking of, and I do not mean of all of you. I know whom I've chosen. He knows he chose you. But is, but is that the scripture may be fulfilled, who's, 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 he who eats, I, I, okay, I said A, or stop at A, because it goes into something else. But he, he knows who he's chosen. He chose you and he knows you. Amen? Okay, and then John 15, 16. You have not chosen me, but I've chosen you. I remember one day, I said, Father, I think that I chose you. I think, gee, I chose you. And he goes, right away, he says, no, I chose you. You're, I wasn't lost. You were lost. He corrected me right away. As soon as I said that, I was praying, Lord, thank you. I chose you. Immediately, he corrected me. He immediately, I mean, just that quick. I wasn't lost. You were lost. I found you. You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. I've, I've pointed you. I planned you that you might go and bear fruit and keep on birth that your fruit may be lasting, that it may remain stable, remain and abide. So that whatever you ask the Father, my name, if it's all to them, I may, he may give it to you. So he wants, he wants the, the fruit in you to remain, not just for a short time, not just for a little season, but now until, until you go to, get to heaven, until Jesus comes. And that fruit should affect other people's lives. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Now, but see, he knows who's his, who's chosen. But turn me to Ephesians 2, 2 and 3. This is one where um, we know that God's bringing the prodigals home. They were, they were boys that walked away. But they came to themselves, and they, they came back when they came to themselves. And they wanted to just come back and work and be religious. But the Lord says, no, no. He put a ring on his finger, a robe on him, shoes on his feet. He, he, he brought him in and had a party for him. So he didn't, he didn't, he was looking for, you, you, every one of us, he looked for us to come home. He's doing that, but see that some disobedience do not come home. It says here, um, in which at one time you walked habitually, you were following the course, fashion of the world, were under the sway of the tendency of this present age, found the prince of the power of the air. You know, he's got, he's got a mouth. Yeah, if you don't want to listen to his mouth. 
You were beat up to and under the control of the demon spirit that still causes it works in the sons of disobedience. See, sons of disobedience. They're called sons. They were supposed to be sons. But he calls them disobedience, the careless, the rebellious, the unbelieving who go against the purpose of God. Amen. We're following the purpose of God, not going against the purpose of God. Amen. Among these, we all, well, well, once, you once lived and conducted yourselves, ourselves in, in the passions of our flesh, our behavior governed by corrupt, sensual nature, obeying the impulse of the flesh and the thoughts of the mind, our cravings dictated by our senses, our dark imaginings, we were there by nature, children of God's wrath. You were saved from God's wrath. If you, there, if you, just be thankful you're not going under God, you're not just God's wrath. Yeah. Uh, we were, were by nature, children of God's wrath. Heirs of his indignation, like the rest of, uh, rest of, of man, mankind. So we, you, we were that way, but now we're in the kingdom of God. Now, sometimes you have a tendency to, to wander away because the thing is that what happens is, is, that, is that we're all going to the experience as, as a church, as a nation, but as an individual. And you have and the Bible talks about uh, being washed with the word of words. It's pots and wrinkles out of you. So the word has to wash you up, has to wash, uh, wash it away. So as we're going through, we've got to keep moving forward and let things fall away. Right. We talked about it before. The Red Sea Experience. You know, it's all over in, uh, in uh, uh, Psalms about the Red Sea Experience. And Lisa talks about it, and different people talk about it all the time. About, I keep hearing all the time, even Brenda Kuhneman talks about some things about that sometimes. But we're going through a Red Sea Experience, and things are falling away. And so sometimes they've got to be real to you what's going on, what's happened. Things that are hidden have been exposed in your life. So don't get upset and mad and angry or bothered by these things that come to you. You know, release it, give it to the Lord. If you need to repent, repent, but let it go. Don't get stuck in the mud. You know, the Red Sea, the walls of the water were up, and it was kind of darkish in there because the sun was being blocked. But behind them was dark. And as they were going through, they saw a light in front of them. They were pressing over that light. As they kept going forward, and they weren't supposed to look back, keep moving. If you, if you don't keep moving forward to greater glory, you're going to get stuck in the mud too and you're going to perish. Right. You will perish if you get stuck in the mud. Because as they were going through, the water was going like this behind them. And as you're going through, it's covering up the things, washing away things in your life, washing away. And you're being free. But see, these things have to be exposed in your life. We've been carrying a lot of stuff in us that we don't even know we were carrying. So it has to be, it has to be revealed to us and exposed, and we have to deal with it. Yes. So just because you have negative thoughts or something like that does not mean you sin. It's just God's revealing it to you to get rid of it. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, yeah. So we got to get to where we can release it to God and give it away, yes. and keep going forward to greater glory. Um, man, I got something I want to do. Uh, turn with me to. I didn't have this down, but turn with me to Psalms. 84. He can change my message anytime he wants to. 84, 11, and 12. I've, I've said this many times. Um, 
But this is, this is part of what's going on in our lives. This is what he wants to do. The Lord God is a sun. He is the glory. He's the light in front of you. You've got to keep going. Fr- fr- keep going. He's a light in front of you. See, the Israelites, when they got to the other side, they were free. The problem is they got back in the bondage again because they could start complain again. They got right back in the bondage. But see, we're, go- we're going through, but we're not going to complain anymore. This is the last is the, that God is preparing the greater glory, the greater um, explosion of his presence in our lives where nothing's broken, everything's fixed. But we have to get, deal with all these issues that have been hidden. So let God reveal these things to you, but deal with them and then let them go. Forget them. Get all things lie behind. Press on to the goal. It says, a son and a shield. He's a protector. The Lord bestows present grace and favor. Future glory. Remove glory. In the image of Christ. As honor. Splendor. Heavenly bliss. Heavenly bliss. Heavenly bliss. Like I, like I said before, Lord, I was sitting in my chair and it said utopia. And I go, utopia? I looked it up and it said Eden. Paradise, Promised Land, Zion, New Jerusalem, and Heaven. Yeah. It says Elam. You know, the Israelites were in, we talk about oasis. They, they came to an oasis in the middle, the water was bitter, right? So Moses threw a wood in there and the water became uh, drinkable. Yeah. All of a sudden, it became, a, became a, an oasis in the wilderness. Yeah. Uh, 70 palm trees and 12 springs of God's pres- bless, uh, blessings. They were drinking healing and everything in those rivers, right. streams. So he said, Utopia, heaven, heaven on earth, promised land, the land that God has promised. Each one of us, uh, Goshen, supplying our needs. Then he said this, imaginary, an ideal place to live. Isn't that wonderful when you're living in the glory? Nothing broken, everything fixed. Divine healing health. Then he said, imagine an ideal place to live. But the opposite is hell. So if you're, if you're not going to be in, in utopia, if you're not going to understand the scripture and you're going to get in, get in law and legalism and all that kind of stuff, you're, you're putting yourself in, you're going you're to end up in hell. You're going to walk away, destroy it. But that's not, I don't believe that's anything that's going to happen in this place. Because we are, we are going from glory to glory in the image of Christ. So um, then he said in uh, Psalm 36, 7 to 12, uh, I said, man, that's not my message. Psalm 36, 7 to 12. Evidently, he wants somebody to hear this. 7, 7 to 12. How precious is your steadfast love, O God. True men take refuge and safe place in you and put their, tr- their fr- trust under the shadow of your wings. That's Psalm 91. You know the shadow of death is a spirit of fear? A shadow has no substance unless you step into it. So the shadow of death has no substance in it unless you step in it and get into fear. We're not going to do that. We're on the shadow of the Almighty, which has substance. They relish and feast in the abundance of your house. 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 His house on earth. You cause him to drink from the streams of your pleasure. That streams of blessing. That's healing, deliverance, prosperity, all that. For with your, with your you is a fountain of life, fountain of youth. Youth being like an eagle. 
In your light do we see light, a greater light, greater glory. That's why you keep going forward. Oh, continue loving kindness to those who know you. Your righteousness and salvation to the upright heart. Let not the foot of pride overtake me. Don't get prideful. Stay humble. It's bad. Let not the hand of the wicked drive me away. There the workers of iniquity fall and lie prostrate. They thrust down and shall not be able to rise up. Your enemies are, are being destroyed behind you. If they don't repent these last days, I know that I might get censored like I usually do, but if these people that on the, on the left do not repent, they'll be washed away. They're going to read Psalm 37, the seven on down to the end. It's not good. No, it's not good at all. Yep. So, um, okay, back here it says, okay, he says this, um, Isaiah 42, 44.2. Okay, he wrote a book about you, planned you, put you on earth for a reason, yeah. uh, and you got a calling destiny in your life. Yeah. But he said this, um, Psalm 44.2. Psalm 44.2. Oh, Isaiah 44, too. Sorry. I know you have to use some ink to read. Yeah. Sorry. I made you waste some ink. Uh, 44.2. For help of another chapter. That says the Lord who made you and formed you from the womb. He formed you in the womb. Who will help you? Fear not. He's talking about Jacob, but he's talking about you too. Oh, servant and uh, um, upright. One, uh, see. Okay. Fear not. So he's telling you fear not. But he formed you in the womb. So he know, he's very well aware of you. He put you on for a reason. Not to be destroyed. Okay, then turn with me to uh, uh, Isaiah 49.1. Listen to me, O isles, and in coastlands, and hearken, people from afar. The Lord has called me from the womb, from my body, my mother. He has named my name. It's important that you don't you go by nicknames. I'll tell you one of my men's group, Bud. We don't call him Bud anymore. Why? Because I said, one day we talked about this, uh, you know, um, our, our family tree in, in Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. And... Um, how important it is for like Abraham, his name is Abram, but he, if, he, if he stayed by Abram, he would never have been the father of many nations. Because every time he shook hands and said, Hi, I'm Abraham, the father of many nations, he was saying that because he knew it. So, so, um, let's see, how was I going to this? Is that? Yeah, so the name, the name you have, I was going by Tony, but I looked it up and Tony means the same as Anton. So it's okay. Yeah. But so with Bud, it meant they called him Bud because when he was, when he was younger, he was fat. They called him uh, Bud short for Buddha. I said, no more. No more. Isaac means laughter. Jacob means supplanter. If you don't like something, you can uh, pull up and replant. But that's part of your lineage, part of your family tree right there. But you see, so we got him talking Laverne. 
His family calls him Bud, but we call him Laverne, don't we? Yes. Yeah, we call him Laverne. We don't call him any other name but Laverne. But see, that's the way we call each other by, by that name. There are a lot of people who go by nicknames, and, and it's not right. Amen. You're not prophesying in your own life. Right. Okay, and then it says here, um, Isaiah 43.10. He, he reason why, don't turn there, but he says uh, he wanted that we might, he wants to know him personally. And then uh, Isaiah 44.2a. I think I already did that one. Yeah. So go to 45.4b. I can just actually uh, just read. I had to shorten them up a little bit so it doesn't take the whole thing. It says, um, I've called you by, by name. I've surnamed you. Isaiah 4.3.1 says, I redeemed you, ransomed you, not by leaving you a captive. Um, this is one of my favorite ones. Turn to Isaiah 49.16. You know, God likes tattoos. Say that again. God likes tattoos, but this is the right tattoo. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Behold, I've delicately imprinted, tattooed a picture of you on the palm of each one of my hands. Oh, Zion, your walls are continued before me. So you're constantly before him. He doesn't lose sight of you. He, right now, he's looking at you in the palm of your hands. He sees you here, but he also sees you here. When you leave here, he sees you constantly. You're tattooed upon his head. He's well aware of you. He's well aware of you. He doesn't, he doesn't lose track of you. Sometimes it seems like it. Sometimes he lets you go through some things you know, so you get, get this stuff out of you. It's exposed. And so... Um, so God, that's the kind of tattoo God likes. Uh, okay, now turn me to um, 2 Timothy 3, 16 to 17. Hope this is coming together. So you know you have a calling on your life, a destiny. And God has a plan for you. But you've got to be trained up to do it. So many people want to um, get born again, and then they want to jump into ministry. And it talks about in Psalm 77, I think it's 77 or something like that, uh, about and, and, drive, and drive, uh, try to promote yourself. As we're having the devil, he tried to promote himself by sitting on God's throne in the north. He got cast down. Now he thinks he's going to sit on the throne in Jerusalem. He's going to be cast down to hell. So you can't put yourself above God, and he tried to do that. But see, we cannot, we cannot promote ourselves. He promotes you when you're ready. The calling in your life will be, be there when you're ready. But see, you're the one who determines how you get there, how fast you get there. If you're not in the word, not coming to church, not being sitting on the teaching, well, then you're not going to get there. You can't, you can't be an island. You can't live for yourself. You've got to live for what he wants, follow his plan and purpose for your life, not what you want. You'll never fulfill your destiny if you don't submit to God and, and, and do what he says and being in church. I, I'm, not, I'm not a person that, you know, blah, 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 but, you know, but church, but I, it's important because it says here, every scripture is God-breathed. 
given by his inspiration, and profitable for instruction and reproof, conviction of sin, correction of error, discipline and obedience, and training for righteousness and, 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 and holy living, conformity to God's will, thought, purpose, and action. That man, the man of God may be complete and proficient, well fitted, very equipped for every good work. You got to be equipped for every good work God has for you to do. So he, you have a calling, a dream, a vision, a plan that you put yourself in your life, in your body, in your spirit. But it's not going to happen unless you prepare. Prepare. Okay. And Ephesians four four eleven through thirteen, by the fivefold ministry. His gifts were varied. He himself appointed that and gave to us some apostles, special messengers, some prophets, inspired preachers and founders, some evangelists, preachers the gospel, uh, the, of the gospel, traveling missionaries, and some pastors, shepherds of his flock, and teacher, shepherd of his flock. She's responsible for this flock. She's supposed to carry them. She represents Jesus in Isaiah that she's supposed to carry them in her bosom. The young, the young. Christians, but also um, um, the young people, young children like like um, Victoria and them. Yeah. She's supposed to carry them. But it says his tension was the perfecting and full equipping of the saints, his consecrated people, that they should do the work of minister to our building of Christ's body of the church, that it might give up to well take oneness in the faith and comprehension of full accurate knowledge, a son of God, that we might arrive really mature manhood. Completeness found in personality, nothing less than the standard of height of Christ's own perfection. The measure of stature of the fullness of Christ and the completeness found in him. So we may no longer be children tossed to like ships to and fro to intensify teaching and wavering and wavering. Every change of wind of doctrine. That prayer of the cunning, cleverness of scrupulous men, gamblers again, every shifting form of trickery, venture instantly. So there's a lot of lot of bad teaching out there. And there's a lot of stuff about apostles. Uh, you know, no longer the fivefold ministry is, doesn't exist. Prophets aren't for today. You know, and but see, the, out, of the, out of all of them, the pastor's the one that we're under. And then when they come in here, they ask, they actually ask permission to do what they do. But they're all here for a reason to train you up for what God has called you to do. Your dream and vision, the call, the, the plan He put in your heart. You've got to be trained up for it. You just can't jump into ministry. I know people that tried to do that and they got destroyed. But, but also. You're going to be held accountable for what you teach. Uh-huh. James 3 1 said, That's teacher can be held accountable for the greatest, uh, uh, greater uh, responsibility. So, uh, punishment if we do something wrong. Uh, if any people into hell, lead them off in the wrong direction, I'm responsible in the men's group. You're responsible in the youth. You're responsible for the people to teach the truth. Um, Also, it says here, um, I think I'm about done here, but it says, um, I have, oh yeah, four, Ephesians 4, 4 through, through 6. Ephesians 4, 4 through 6, we're already there. There's only one body, one spirit. Since there's only one hope, expectancy that belongs to the calling you have received. There was only one Lord, one faith, one doctrine. 
One baptism. Baptism, blood of Jesus. Uh, the baptism is the blood of Jesus. Yeah, people think that you're going to get born again when you're uh, saved when you're, if you're baptized in water. Nope. I remember that. I was invited to that church in Euling uh, at that time. On a Saturday morning, about 7 o'clock, I was invited there. had one hour to speak. And that's part of my calling, going to different uh, churches. That's what I, I saw myself doing. That's what was prophesied over me, too. I was already doing it uh, one time. But anyway, um, there was 17 of them in there. And the Lord told me to teach on Romans 10, 8, 9, and 10, and 13. And I did that. And um, uh, there was 17 of them. I didn't know one of them was a Lutheran minister there. And um, at the end, I says, okay, who wants to say the prayer with me? Nobody said anything. They were afraid. I had no idea there was a Lutheran minister there. So they were afraid to say something. Finally, one guy says, let's just do it. So all 17 of them said that prayer that morning. One was a Lutheran minister. I'm not bragging, but see, God can use you. It's the word of God. But see, they need to know the truth. They thought they were going to heaven because they were baptized in water. Baptized in water is the only outward confession, the inner confession you made. So it just shows everybody around you what you've done on the inside by receiving Jesus. That's all it is, water baptism. It's a statement. So you don't get bat, you don't get saved because of water baptism. No you say, just read uh, read uh, Romans chapter six. It's very important. Baptize the blood of Jesus. Yeah. I better quit here. But anyway, I uh, hope I got something out of it. Yeah. But see, remember that God expects you to trust Him with all your heart. Yeah. Yeah. And you not understand you're always not Him, and He took me straight path. You're going to make straight plain your path. You know where you're going to go. It's not God confusion. So you're going to know where you're going. And you're going to know the right time to step out and talk to pastor about what you, what you know you're called to do. And if she says you're not ready yet, just sit on it for a little bit. I, I told her some things I saw. And she said uh, the testimony of what God has given me. And she said, well, uh, just hold on it. Just stick on it. Think about it. Pray about it. At the right time, it'll happen. And sure enough, it happened. So when you're ready, God will set you up. But don't try, don't try to aggrandize yourself. Don't try to promote yourself. It'll, you'll, be, you'll fall. I've known different people that tried to get into ministry when they weren't ready, and they didn't last. They get last. And one thing about it is that when you're doing ministry, oh, yeah, can I read this? i got to read this. Ah, this is Gene Wiseman. Remember him? Okay. Uh, this is important. This is, uh, this is what I really want to do. I've always wanted to do this, and the Lord said me to do this. Okay, so it says in uh, first. Thessalonians 2.12. We're to live worthy of God who calls you into his kingdom and the glorious blessedness into which true believers will enter after Christ's return. True believers. Yeah. Not just you know about, true believers. Amen. Oh, this is what he said. A true believer of the, gen- of the generation, or see, true believers of this generation are being, are hearing a call to higher ground without hesitation. They are responding to present themselves to God. They are pre- pressing their way into a place of complete saturation. They have become impregnated with that which cannot be um, measured because of its greatness. Their impregnation means to be full, full of God's power and strength, and, and being full. They will stand complete, being impregnated or filled to the maximum, they will be occupied by that which is heavenly. 
and that which is heavenly is, uh, is faith. These praying believers will not be occupied with spirits of doubt, fear, but occupied that with the, which is faith and power. They will mar be marked by the quality and standard of victory living. The true believer will mar be marked with characteristics that go outside of that which is normal to mankind. For they will carry distinguishing tributes of their Heavenly Father. Isn't that awesome? The spirit of fear will be, even now, is, is being unleashed upon the earth in a greater measure. With, uh, and much of this darkness is coming from the rulers of the darkness of this world. Men who have given themselves to workers of uh, spiritual wickedness, and therefore they do rule in darkness. I tell you these, these opposing powers of darkness will be overwhelmed by the firm stand and faithful actions of the true believer. We're going to put this on that, the rest once and for all. The true spirit-filled believer uh, has, been, has been empowered and to, and to be powered to, is to be enabled. The Holy Spirit enables the true believer to master perverted and dark circumstances. The true and faithful believer will be supplied with that what is necessary to fulfill, fully carry out his or her mandate which has been given by the Holy Spirit. The believer shall be totally furnished. Though darkness shall come upon the land, it shall not overtake them. For the real believer has been delivered from the power of darkness and translated in the kingdom of God's kingdom of light. These Holy Ghost filled believers will stand as a superior, as superior force against all, and I repeat, against all darkness. Even as light is superior to darkness, so shall these true believers be in that day. The power of their illumination, illumination uh, is their, the power of their illumination is their unshakable faith in God, God's word. Their faithful, faith operates in them as if, if it was a physical organ and had become their, their vision receptor. They will begin to see deeper and deeper into that which is supernatural. They will look into and take hold of an order of existence that is far beyond the visible universe. And some are already doing it now. These faithful and, and powered ones are arriving to a high rank of excellence, one that they will operate and speak in. Their excellence will not be gained by the wisdom of man, and but therefore it cannot be measured by world scholars. Their wisdom will exceed that of men. For man can be ever learning and still not come to the knowledge of truth. The wisdom and boldness that is supplied by the Holy Spirit will seem foolish to the unbelieving scholar, scholarly ones. But as for the believer, this wisdom that is supplied by the Holy Spirit will, shall bring prosperity, health, and long life. The empowered believer, see, wrote a book about you. The empowered believer remains confident that no weapon for it can prosper. The knowledge of the believer will always rest in truth. Now, this is really the key. The true and faithful believer has become impregnated by the Holy Spirit, will not suffer miscarriage. A lot of them are, are, are miscarrying what, what's been placed inside them. They, they, they give up on it. Uh, people, some, some people, people I believe in abortion, but people are aborting the plant. So they're miscarrying or they're aborting the plant. That which you have become pregnant with by the Holy Spirit has been invested in you for intended purpose and shall not be miscarried. The purpose is that we will that the will of your heavenly Father may be achieved and carried out in the earth earth through you, the born again believer. His plan is going to be uh, carried out through you. Yes, 
Even the word, the seed that Mary conceived in her womb was a divine plan. Therefore, no harm could come to her and bring expulsion that which she, she conceived. The word that was conceived in Mary had to be, had become flesh. When she said, being according to the word, it became flesh right away. That's when conception took place. Being according to the word, that's when it became flesh. But then, it, then in nine months, it, was, it became flesh on the outside. Um, the word that conceived in Mary had become flesh in order for that to take place. There had to be growth and develop in the cell planted in her womb. Well, God's plan you have to be a developer in your womb, in your spirit. Has to be developed before he's going to give birth to it. Um, therefore, it had to be growth and developed in uh, the cell planted in her womb. The word that Mary conceived was being developed in her womb in order to live and function on the outside. The unborn child grows and develops and lives by what the material mother feeds it. What do you feed your baby when you're pregnant in the natural? Well, you feed good food. Well, you've got to feed that thing inside you, that baby that's inside you. You've got to feed it because you're going to carry it the full term if you don't miscarry it or board it. The unchild grows, develops, by, and lives by what the miracle mother feeds it. Therefore, be not, be not forgetful to feed upon the word. The inward development that must take place for the word that is inside you to come to manifestation, birth, and live and function on the outside. If it were not for inward growth and development, then that which comes to birth would have to need of artificial support, life support. And this is, that, this is what many have leaned upon. The artificial life support is all man-made, lacks in divine God quality, being undeveloped, is unable to function on its own, and requires human help and the intervention of men. The faith and true believer of this generation are now coming to fullness of time. And that which has been birthed will have no need of artificial life support. So the calling in life will be birthed. It will not need life support. It will be able to function on the outside. Just as the pe- this people has conceived of the Holy Spirit, so shall there should be their delivery. I speak unto you, prayer, prayer warriors, and be, be not weary in well-doing. For you will bring to birth a latter-day delivery. And divine visitation. For this day, this is the day of visitation. Even habitation shall be great in this land through you. Amen? Amen. I had to tell you that because that excites me. Gene Wiseman is a, yeah. So anyway, uh, God's placed things inside you. The calling in your life. The destiny in your life. But you've got to carry the full term when it's ready to be ready. But you've got to prepare. You've got to feed the baby inside you with good food. Nourishment. Otherwise, you're going to miscarry or abort it. Amen? Amen.